Hello and welcome to your Over the Farm Gate podcast brought to you by Farmers Guardian. I'm your host for this week, FG Deputy Editor Olivia Midgley. Don't forget, we'll bring you a new episode of the podcast every Tuesday. Just make sure you subscribe on your favourite platform. This week, well, as normality sort of resumes, we bring you details of our fantastic new summer shows competition. Our livestock specialist, Hannah Noble, will be here later in the podcast to give us all the details and how you can enter. But first, well, it's a sector which has exploded in the last couple of years, with billions being pumped into the plant-based sector. But Farmers Guardian's been reporting on one of the biggest players, Los Angeles-based Beyond Meat, which has seen its share price plummet. In a moment, I'll be speaking to AHDB Consumer Insight Manager Susie Stannard, who's been analysing what this might mean for the UK market. But first, here's my Erna Barry colleague, Andrea Torsillo, with some background on the US alternative meat sector. According to the Plant-Based Foods Association, U.S. retail sales of plant-based foods continued to increase by double digits in 2020, growing 27% and bringing the total market value to $7 billion. This sales growth was consistent across the country, with more than 25% growth in every U.S. census region. In the past two years, plant-based food sales have grown 43%, which is nine times faster than total food sales. In 2020, about 57% of all U.S. households purchased plant-based foods, up from 53% in 2019, totaling 71 million households. PBFA also found that the value of plant-based meat, while the second largest plant-based category, hit $1.4 billion in 2020. That represents sales growth of 45% from 2019. The plant-based meat category grew twice as fast as conventional meat and now accounts for about 2.7% of retail packaged meat sales. The plant-based egg category exploded in 2020 as well, growing a whopping 168%, totaling $27 million in sales. Despite this tremendous growth in demand and major retail expansions, plant-based companies like Beyond Meat have recently seen stocks take a dive. The company attributes the decline to a setback in the food service sector since the pandemic has reduced foot traffic and some restaurants are still facing restrictions in addition to streamlining menus. At the same time, Beyond Meat's surge in retail demand has begun to level off since the early stages of the pandemic when consumers were cooking at home more often. In the past year, all categories of plant-based food showed growth across the board. This increase in sales illustrates sustained growth over recent years and represents opportunities for brands in every part of the grocery store or online platform, as this trend is expected to continue to grow even if we see demand stabilize from the height of the pandemic in 2020. Susie Stannard, AHDB Consumer Insight Manager, welcome to Over the Farm Gate. Beyond Meat, which is a major player in alternative proteins, has seen its share price plummet. Is it a sign that perhaps the shine has come off the plant-based market? Um, I think there's a possibility. I think there's been a lot of challenges for um, a lot of businesses this year. And I think um, with, with Beyond Meat, I think they've been very, very hyped by um, analysts' kind of expectations. Um, Beyond Meat particularly have been quite focused on food service, which has struggled um, this year as well. And there's a lot of other entrants coming in. So there's a lot of competition in the market. Now, in terms of, of, of the meat-free market in the, in the UK, um, meat-free has still been in growth, um, but the, that growth has slowed. So um, through 2019, 
growth for kind of meat free, which is including things like corn and, and those meat alternatives was, was up in the kind of higher teens, so 17%. And, and that growth actually slowed down. Now, um, that is significant when we think that because so many people were at home and, and eating all of their meals at home, there was massive growth just generally in food. So it felt like meat free massively missed an opportunity and didn't kind of hang on to this growing ship in the same way as, as meat did. So meat really kind of turned performance around. Um, so in 2019, um, meat, fish and poultry was kind of, you know, static or just losing a little bit minus 1% year on year. Um, and, and what happened to meat um, was, was big growth really. So if you look at primary red meat, uh, value went up by 16.5% and volume up by 13.7%. Um, and considering meat-free is only really very tiny compared to the rest of the meat, fish and poultry category, meat added much, much more volume than meat-free did. Um, and there's some other things in there as well, which, which are interesting. The number of households buying meat-free actually dropped off. So, um, 0.7% fewer households buying into meat-free. So they were very much reliant for their growth on the sorts of people who already bought that product just buy more of it. Mm. Um, whereas um, I think what they would have wanted to do is kind of encourage more households to be trying it. But what happened was those sorts of households that were up to grabs went, went over to red meat and, and we saw penetration gains for, um, for, for one or 2%. Um, for, for red meat so it felt like there were a whole group of consumers who were kind of coming back to um, what they what they know really and what, and what they love. Mm -hmm. And we've seen growth haven't we in, in flexitarian diets in recent years and obviously this explosion in the alternative meat protein, protein market it, do you think it's the case that people have probably you know tried it and then you know tried it for a bit and then reverted back to what they know as in meat? Um, the, the, the flexitarian has been talked about quite a lot, hasn't it? But what we've seen through the lockdown is that there's now fewer people around who are kind of labelling themselves in that way. So that's dropped off by, by uh, 4%. So it's gone down from 18 to 14%. So vegans and vegetarians still the same numbers. Flexitarians have, have dropped off. Um, now, whether that's because they've kind of got, got bored of the alternative proteins there's certainly a lot of people have gone back to other proteins and we've seen a big resurgence in lamb for example um, what we have seen is that people who are still labeling themselves flexitarians have become more hardcore and are cutting out more meat mm. but the sort of lighter flexitarians um, have kind of stopped um, having some of those alternative proteins quite as much I think mm -hmm. uh, which is interesting um, there are some challenges, I think. So um, some people try them and, and love them, but for other people, they're less convinced. Um, and some of those barriers are around um, taste. So I think alternative proteins have come on a long way from where they used to be, but it's still not quite the same. And if you really enjoy the flavor um, of meat, which a lot of flexitarians do, um, it's quite hard to kind of come come up to scratch if you like mm. and I think there are some some dynamics around health as well so a lot of alternative proteins um you know if you look at the ingredients on the back of the box there's 
you know, literally there might be 20, 30 ingredients compared to, you know, a pack of mints, which is literally mm. just beef. Um, and I think there are worries about this kind of ultra processed product um, and how that fits within, within a healthy diet. Now, some people actually really love it and they love the fact that, you know, plant, plant based means in their head, it means goodness, but actually for other people, they're a bit more worried about it. So it's not necessarily a extremely simple picture, but I think, um, definitely a bit a bit less hype going on for, for plant-based than perhaps there was back in 2019. And, and really interesting point there on health and kind of the nature of these you know, highly processed uh, proteins. And, and I suppose that leads us nicely into AHGB's Eat Balance campaign. And just tell us a bit about that, because that's all about, isn't it, eating for a healthy, balanced diet? Yeah, well, with, with Eat Balance, it's really trying to get people to understand the role that um, that meat and dairy can play within, within a healthy, balanced diet. So it's really a whole plate approach. So you have, um, you know, a diet that's got some meat, some grains, loads of fruit and veg, and that's that's really healthy. And, and when we talk to consumers in focus groups, that's what they've kind of told us. That's what they believe a healthy diet to be. And so it's about giving people that reassurance that they're making the right choices um, and that there are really valuable nutrients that you can get from meat and dairy that um, are perhaps harder to get um, from a diet just including plants. Um, and there are loads of happy, healthy vegans around, um, but for the majority of people, they will really benefit from including some meat and dairy in their diets. Mm -hmm. and the big point there about not only doing it for you know good health reasons but also for taste as well it, you know these alternative proteins they just don't taste the same do they uh, <laughs> I, I guess that's uh, debatable but um but yeah we in our household we certainly <laughs> prefer the uh, the uh, original and best thanks Susie it'll be interesting to see whether this really is a setback for plant-based or whether it's just a blip and similarly with red meat sales whether that growth in terms of household purchasing will continue throughout this year as well now with Covid restrictions easing some agricultural shows will be on this year but if you're unable to get out or your local show isn't on then don't worry because we're bringing the show ring to you with our new competition and to tell us more, here's my colleague from the Livestock Desk, Hannah Noble. Hannah, welcome to the podcast. Please give us all the details. Hi, Liv. We're launching our summer shows competition, which is going to run the whole length of the show season right through to the 3rd of September. We really missed the shows this year, and we know a lot of you guys have as well. Um, so we thought it'd be really fun for you to be able to showcase your stock as we did last year, but we've made the competition bigger and better this year. So we've got sections for dairy, beef, sheep and pigs, and then we've got a young handler category in each of those sections too. And we've also got a nostalgia category. And for this, we really want to see your best pictures that sum up what ag shows are really all about. Fantastic. And you've got a real esteemed judging panel, haven't you, for this competition, Hannah? Just talk us through who's judging these pictures. We've gone with judges that are quite prominent on, on social media and they're all quite well known. So Becky Huse is the Jersey cowgirl on Instagram and she's heading up the dairy section. And we've got Flavian Obiero, the Kenyan pig farmer. He's um, judging the pigs, believe it or not. <laughs> um, 
Katie Davis is the Wild Welsh Shepherdess and she is judging the sheep. And James Warwick, Farmer Jimbo 97, is judging the beasts. They're all obviously looking for different things across the different species, but I think they're all looking for quality of animals as well as quality of photographs. So we really need the photographs to be as high quality as you possibly can get and follow our top tips to get the animals standing correctly. We need really good quality pictures. The best ones will go into the magazine. Um, and there's also the possibility to send in a video to us and that just gives a really nice 360 degree view of the animals and allows us to get a good idea of what they look like all the way around, as they would at a show really. The, the the images for these, Hannah, this competition is a key, aren't they? Have you got any top tips on how to take the perfect picture? Because it's a bit different, isn't it, to, to taking an animal to a show? The categories will all be judged on the quality of the animal as well as the quality of the picture. Um, and we've actually launched a top tips how-to uh, article on, on how best to take the pictures of, the, of the, your animals. Basically having their feet and legs in the right place and, and picturing from the correct angle with the right sort of light. I'm no expert on taking pictures, but Marcello, our in-house photographer, has, come, has pulled together a really nice um, top tips article on how to do that. Shows are a massive part of our year in the livestock section and we report from shows all over the country. Um, and if you've missed them as much as we have, we know that everyone will be desperate to get back out there. It'd be really nice to get to some shows later in the season. But for now, we just thought it'd be really nice for if anybody's got any animals which are at their peak right now, send your pictures in as soon as possible. Fantastic. And where should people go, Hannah? Obviously the FG Insight website and then whereabouts from there? Yeah, so if you head to our shows and sales hub, there'll be prompts to the summer shows competition and all the information about the judges and how to enter is on there. So it's basically just a few details about yourself and the animal that you're entering and then upload your pictures and videos and away we go. Thanks for taking us through that, Hannah. And when you have taken that perfect picture, just head over to fginsight.com forward slash shows where you'll find the summer shows photo entry form. Good luck to everyone who enters and have fun. Well, that's it for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I also hope you enjoy being able to sit indoors at the pub from this week. I know I will. Have a good one. Goodbye for now. <laughs>